talking about wanting to watch this before. Maybe it's just that I'm always trying to get you to watch things, but you won't watch anything because I suggest it, like, as a rule. Mm. But, um, I learned about this movie and it it was advertised in an issue of Bizarre. Okay. Uh, I don't probably like, God, like 12 or 13 years ago. And, uh, my roommate at the time had a subscription 
and uh, we thought it sounded cool, so we checked it out, and I just remember, like, having my mind blown by it at that time in my, you know, early, mid-20s, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been wanting to watch it again, so I'm really curious to see what I'll think of it now, and I definitely feels like it, feel like it has a political bent. I don't want to give anything away until we get there. We can talk about it more. Okay. Is that the lady of whose skin we speak of being in? I think so. So for those of you listening at home, we just got a very long, luxurious leg shot. I don't remember all the split-screen negative stuff. Our heroine seems to be walking with a girlfriend, dressed up like she's going to a party. It's like a house party. French house party, would that be called a maison party? I mean, I guess if we wanted to get technical, it would be called a party de maison, wouldn't it? I took Spanish. I mean, college was a long time ago. Looks pretty fancy. Or maybe an art opening or installation or maybe just a demonstration of somebody's work. Could be a studio. Darren's really getting into this French techno. Some pretty uh, intense head nodding going on right now. Yeah, it doesn't really look... Well, I, I mean, I don't know. It could be a house, but it doesn't look like any sort of house I've ever been to, but <laughs> I have never been to France. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so she just stepped on a rake or a tin can or something? It's definitely dark. She's outside. There seems to be lots of metallic Oops. things. Man, I learned how to say shit in French from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay, you'd think after, like, the second stumble, maybe she's been drinking. It's, like, totally making the backs of my knees hurting. I don't remember being this squeamish last time I watched it. Well, you didn't used to be so squeamish with movies, from that, what I understand. That's true. I, I went from being not squeamish at all with horror and stuff um, when I started watching it in middle school to getting increasingly more squeamish as in I had a hard time watching Secret of Nim while I was pregnant because I was too tearful. <laughs> that is, you know, a movie with many bummers. Yeah, or, not to uh, get to, too much on a tangent, but uh, it was highly sensitive for someone getting ready to become a parent. Or sad moments for any of our UK listeners. I forgot. Oh, God. <laughs> there, there, there is no bumming in, in, the, the, secret in, in the secret of Nim. I mean, I don't know. It, it's prob- in, the, in the porn parody, it's probably the secret of him. <laughs> or the secret of Nymphomania or something like that. Um, I mean, I think Mr. Ages could definitely be gay. Maybe also Justin, because I never understood why him and Mrs. Brisby didn't end up together. Other than maybe like mice and rats don't don't do that. 
Maybe. He was also really good friends with her husband, wasn't he? Her husband was dead. Well, yeah, but uh, some people, it's just not in their, like, code of conduct. Mm. I don't think I have any friends that I consider good enough for you that, like men, that I would tell you to marry if I died. This has nothing to do with the movie. Basically, she was just dancing at the party and talking to some bloke, but we're not really sure about what. Oh, and for you keen-eyed listeners, the clickety-clackety-clickety-clackety you hear is not ye old Black Philip. It is my stupid goon of a dog. Listen, I smell something. Keen-eared listeners. Oh. There's blood on the floor, but not on her shoes. She's checking her... Oh! Oh, but it's... That's a bad shaving, Nick. Or a cabin fever. So apparently while she was dancing and stuff, she didn't realize that, like... I mean, her pants are, like, soaked. And there is blood just running down her leg. And it's all over the carpet. She's still at the party, right? She's not at home. I think she's back home. If she isn't back home, then the party is at a house because that's a really, really gnar- gnarly leg. Injury. It's really gross. I don't understand how you could have that kind of an injury and not know it. Well, she drunk. You think she's drunk? Yeah, that's or true. Or she was drunk. We're not going to name any names, but we definitely had a friend break both of her feet while out drinking. And didn't even realize until the next day. Correct. Okay. And, but I mean, she is... Ooh, her foot doesn't seem to be working right. Oh, she's still at the party. She's, she's still at the party, but it's at a house. Her friend was just calling her. Oh my god, she's saying, I'll explain, let's just go. And she left all that blood in the bathroom. So... So is this supposed to be like... Uh, women self-conscious about bleeding? I don't know. You tell me since you were so keen on interrupting me. No. This is going to be a show where Darren talks to himself. Okay, she's at the doctor's office. She's still in her party clothes, so she must have gone straight. Oh, God. So I think that's interesting to Darren's point, which I agree with about shame and female bleeding, but she said, I didn't know I was hurt. So to me, that kind of like, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I feel like women are so often conditioned to separate ourselves from our emotions and from our experience of of pain that uh, this is like an extreme of that. He's like a French Patrick Dempsey. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. Ooh, he's saying she might need surgery for tissue replacement. It won't all heal back. Gross. So I don't know about you all, but he's showing the stitches, and this kind of stuff always gives me the willies. I think she's a writer. That's what her lover intimated in the first scene. Intimated? Is that the right word? Intimated? Okay, don't play it if I say it wrong. I don't want to sound stupid. Oh, he must have given her a cast, because she... Oh! Is she peeling off? Oh. So she's in the bathtub, and her wound is wrapped in a trash bag, and she's, like, 
pinching her skin. She's super skinny. And she was pinching the folds of skin on her upper thigh and hip around her uh, vulva. And then she took the trash bag off and the wound is definitely like bleeding through the gauze. <laughs> she is now peeling off. You need more wine. So she's, oh, it's green. Oh, that's <laughs> the stuff they put over it, right? The green stuff? So, like Anna, antiseptic? I would hope so, but there's also some multicolored things within the wound mm-hmm. and some really sloppy stitches. Oh, her lover just came by. I'm assuming he's her boyfriend. He looked startled, concerned about her wound. He's also questioning why she didn't go to the hospital right away. And he's still obsessing about her not feeling the pain. Kind of like the doctor did. I think it's interesting Mm -hmm. that both her boyfriend and the doctor are men. And she's trying to get him to go out. He doesn't want to. Um, But I think uh, men... Tend, and of course we're speaking in generalizations here. But men are very uncomfortable with how much, with our pain tolerance. How much pain we can withstand. So he just like tickled her arm. And when she reacted, he was like, it's weird that you didn't feel this wound, but you feel it when I tickle you. I mean, he said it more fancy than that. He said you were on the make? I don't, I'm not sure what that expression means. Maybe thinking that she was running around on him? On the make? I don't know. Let's go to the Hitchhiker's Guide. I think on the make means working on it, but uh, I'm not sure what, what it would be in this context. Having a very tonguey makeout while he talks about his PR offer at the bank. Gets excited about his job. I mean, I feel like this part's pretty normal. People making out and talking about job offers and. On the make, informal, intent on gain, typically in an unscrupulous way. Hmm. So he was trying to tease her and saying, can you feel this? And she got, seemed to get a little put off by it, but she decided to let it go. She's having trouble getting dressed, pulling her pants on over her injured leg. Gosh, she's so skinny. I don't even remember. Oh, she took the gauze off again. Oh, to get her tight, skinny pants on. That doesn't seem very smart, but... He's saying clarified things for the client, so she does do writing, but it appears to be professional in some kind of way. Good analysis, so maybe for business or something like that. Yeah, our aperçu du marche probably means market loss. Oh. Um, it's been a while, so she probably works for like some type of financial analyst company. So with that and him doing PR at the bank or possibly, I think, again, I could be reading too much into it, but it's kind of situating them as like young professionals, um, you know, on the cusp of 
trying to be hip and young and also growing up and wanting to be secure. Okay. He said K like that, listeners, because he's never felt the pressure to act like an adult. But most of you <laughs> probably know what I'm talking about, or at least some of you. I'm not. I know what I'm talking about. I mean, I know we're being funny, but, like, you haven't had that, like, should I get a job at the bank? I couldn't get a job at a bank. That's true. Um, but no, I've... I, I can't really say I've never felt the pressure to act like an adult, because it's been told to me every once in a while, but... Mostly I, by me. I have avoided it. Mostly. I mean, I went to school. I went to college. Darren's head's going back. I think he's a little grossed out by the swoon stuff. So I really remember, it was a really just, not to be superficial, but a really great shot of her like squatting in a doorway. Oh. And then the camera's close to, it's close up of her face. And she kind of made an intense face like she was feeling pain. And then we hear some nasty squishing sounds. And then she kind of breathes out and looks up like she's getting some kind of release. She's got her pants down and at least one of her shoes off. Now, what did she get out of the thing? Is it a cheese grater? No. (laughs) I'm glad I picked this. Darren doesn't get grossed out easily, but he hates wound stuff. Oh, she's got some kind of razor blade. Oh, (laughs) Is that a credit card? Is it? I don't. It's it's a rectangular. I thought it looks like a blade of some kind. I mean, it, it could be. Yeah, it could be a credit card. She is definitely ripping out her stitches. Is it a paint scraper? I, I mean, it's something metallic. It's metallic, a rectangular, and roughly hand or palm size. So I don't want to get this to get too. Oh. Adult. Oh, we're... This is an explicit show. But, like, um, you know, I, I find the challenge of the horror and eroticism of this film really exciting. So, the way the light's hitting her, she's very thin. You can see the muscles. There's a lot of sharp angles and shadows. Um, these intense facial expressions of pain and yet almost like release. I mean, it gives me kind of an uncomfortable feeling because I'm both like disgusted and aroused when I watch it. Um, I think probably a lot of other fans of horror can think of moments in films that gave them that same sensation, right? Because the adrenaline rush that we get when we watch something horrific is physically, you know, not that different in the nervous system than what we get when we're aroused, right? Right. So, um, she, whatever metal tool she was using to cut open her stitches, she had pulled her skin, so she seemed to be trying to stretch the wound, and it also looked like she made some additional cuts on her upper leg. And now... Then it looked like she was working, she was typing, but she looked really joyful. Like she felt really happy and um, focused on her work. 
So I think that's kind of interesting to think about how that experience of pain and release encouraged her to feel relaxed. So was she in the bathroom at work when that happened? It looked like she was at her house. Yeah, I thought so too, but now she it looks like there's blood in the soap dish at the job and she like stuck her fingers in it and like rubbed it. Could have been off or you know off screen or you know just a fixation. She's trying to get her friend to go out. Oh, okay. no, she was in the storeroom. So that was her blood. She was. She's telling her friend about what she did, about the cutting. Yeah. Her friend's definitely put off by it. You can tell. She's like, uh, where there's where the first aid is. And she intimated. Oh, God, don't play me saying that twice. But she said, basically implied that um, she felt stuffy and overwhelmed in her office. Um, and that's why she went and cut herself. So if any of you, I don't want to speak as someone who did it. I didn't do it myself. Well, I did it a couple of times, but not routinely. If any of you were cutters or know anyone um, who is a cutter, I mean, part of the drive to do that is the sense of physical release that you feel. I don't know that I made this connection the first time I watched this. Like, I mean, I definitely knew people when I was younger who were cutters, but um, I think the fact that she had the wound initially and then developed the response. I definitely have a different opinion of it now that I um, have done so much reading on trauma. Oh, God. <laughs> so she said it was just a little cut, but now she's it's in the shower. And it is a big, nasty dig in her thigh. <sighs> so is that music audio for the movie, or is it supposed to be simulating like music coming in from another apartment. Sounds like it's coming from somewhere else. It sounds like her friend has popped over to check on her. It's not you, because usually the the music. Yeah, that's not atmospheric. Yeah. It's louder. But I, mean, I don't know a whole lot about French movies. Uh, her friend definitely looks grossed out. And no. she's taking the scissors and the razor from around the sink. Our heroine... What's her name? Esther. Yes. Esther is... Uh, concerned but she almost has this like antiseptic or removed experience of her friends like visceral reaction to what she's done 
And again, without um, speaking out of turn, I, I do feel like that's been my experience when you do cutting for release. I mean, most people try to cover it up, but if someone does discover it, there's a sense of disassociation with the wound. Yeah. So often other people will react much more strongly. I knew a girl had done, oh, just, that was the worst I'd ever seen. I mean, just huge cuts and burns. She would burn herself. I mean, her whole stomach and thighs. She usually kept everything covered, but she let me see, and it was intense. What did she burn herself with? I don't even, she must have heated something. It wasn't like cigarette burns. Like a hot wire mm-hmm. in a hanger or something like that? Yeah. So her friends are uh, saying, oh, my boyfriend canceled and I'm just glad to have company. So I, I read it as her trying to, she really wanted to check on Esther and keep an eye on her, but she's acting like Esther's doing her a favor by hanging out with her and, um, trying to keep it light. Oh, I just remembered. Um, Esther is played by the director. Did you know that? I did not know that. And I also didn't realize she had done uh, those other movies that I saw when I was doing my cursory reading of the back of the box before we started. Gross. The Three Musketeers just... Grabbed her, and are they going to throw her into the pool, you think? It looks like it. Oh. So this is really disturbing. So she just got... Oh, my God. She just got that job offer. And then these guys were grabbing her and trying to pull her clothes off and throw her in the pool. And she was calling for help, and her friend just looked at her with, like, cold eyes. And then Esther is giving her a dirty look because she knows that she let them do it on purpose. And her friend was like, I just panicked. Oh, and it ripped open her wound, and now she's got blood all over. Which is probably why she didn't want her pants off. I mean, I wouldn't want guys ripping my clothes off and throwing me in a pool as an adult either, but especially concerned because of her injury. As an adult? What about when you were younger? I mean, I feel like at a pool party when I was a kid, you know, playing would have a different feel. I mean, I probably still wouldn't like it, but I don't know. Kids playing around at a party seems different than like people at a country club who are adults, some of whom work together. Supposed, supposed to be more mature. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying guys should grab girls and throw them in the pool who don't want to be thrown in the pool anyway, but... Oh. oh. So she's out back in her car. One would ostensibly think looking for clothes. She uncovered a lot of dirty tools, and she starts looking real... Anxious. Spare pants. She got her spare pants. Walked right past her friend to get food. Talking to her lover type person. I'm assuming he's her boyfriend, but I mean, it wasn't clear. I mean, 
she just said, why don't we buy, not rent, so. Yeah, but she also said something about moving in earlier and didn't, um, he didn't seem very positive. So her boyfriend's mad, but I mean, I think it's fair to say the madness is coming from concern. I mean, he's like, why are you hurting your, you know, he's basically saying, why are you hurting yourself? And I don't understand. So obviously if he was a clinician, he could be more understanding, but I think it comes from fear and concern. I don't think they're trying to establish him as like a oppressive dick. What do you think, Darren? I, I think so, but, you know, it's it's easy to just be like, oh, well, my concerns are important and your concerns aren't. It also, this was an interesting conversation because he just said, is it my fault? Do you not like your body? So, I mean, I think that's common when there's something wrong with our partner. We think, is it me? So, I know that's extreme when it's male-female because of patriarchy, but that in and of itself doesn't, you know, he's apologizing for getting upset. You know, he said we talk about the house and saying let's go out and celebrate. Let's move in together. Um, so, I mean, I think he's concerned about her, but he, he doesn't seem to be trying to be hurtful deliberately. Do you think that he also might want to move in with her sort of like her friend had with the my boyfriend's not around, please stay at my house sort of thing? Yeah, I think he wants to keep an eye on her for sure. Is her arm not working? Oh, uh, so you know how you fall asleep and your arm goes numb? She's just waking up and turning off her alarm and moving and massaging her arm that was underneath her while she was laying on her side, so... My assumption would be that her arm's numb from how she was sleeping. Her dude's there. He rolls over. He's giving her a little rub on the hand, helping her arm wake up. Do people that wear watches sleep in their watches? You don't remember? I feel like I used to wear a watch when we started dating. And I wore it all the time. That one my grandma gave me. Our dog, who's normally a big lump, is deciding to walk around and sniff the whole house while we're recording. Clickety-clackety. So her boyfriend's helping her dress her wounds, which she seemed kind of resistant to. But I don't know. I think he's trying to be part of this experience for her. Or do you think he's being controlling? No, he seems too casual. Well, I don't know. I don't. I mean, he seems too casual to be controlling. But I don't know. Maybe that's what controlling people do. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't... I don't remember having any strong opinion about him. In the first time I watched it, I feel like I'm being super sensitive. Uh-oh. So she's got something on her hand. And he's being aggressive about grabbing it and looking at it. She kind of gave him a look and he he said, I'm sorry, basically, for overreacting. When she got really excited about that card with his face on it, I, I don't know, but it seemed 
similar to the metal thing or the thing she called the metal thing that she dug around in her leg with? Do you think that's going to come into play? Do you remember? I don't remember. Okay. She's at her client dinner and they're pressuring her to have wine, which she didn't want to have. The two women, well, I mean, I guess both clients are talking to her, but there seems to be a implication, like the woman client speaking to Esther in a way that was like us girls, you know, ugh, that one woman was being really annoying. So Esther slurped her wine down pretty quick. Could be overanalyzing, but seems a little nervous and like she's trying to maintain an illusion of relaxation. She just downed that second glass and the guy's refilling her. Fast. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many glasses we've had, but she's down two since we started talking about it. And this is like a real-time scene, you know? Oh. She just grabbed her own hand like she's having a compulsion. She had her hand in her plate with her food and like she noticed herself doing that and it was a compulsion. So we've had that feeling so far, you know, that it was a compulsion, but it's getting more extreme. I think, what do you think, Darren? Yeah, it's, it seems to be growing. And I mean, I'm not sure. I've never had that sort of compulsion. Compulsion, yeah. She's imagining her hand cut off, almost having like a hallucination or a vision of her hand cut off from the rest of her arm. Was it the hand that was that she grabbed and stopped from doing stuff? Yeah. So just this really strong visual imagery of disassociation, which is something that uh, trauma survivors and people with anxiety might be familiar with. And she's still having this hallucination of her arm being severed, and it seemed like she's trying to reattach her arm. If you've ever had a panic attack, you can um, sometimes lose feeling in your limbs. And... So I feel like it's kind of layered. Like there's this, oh God, she's got her steak knife. There's this sense of the trauma and just this physical reaction. But then there's also like the more abstract sense of trying to feel present, uh, to feel engaged. Uh, and what's happening. So she's definitely drawing blood, stabbing herself with a steak knife under the table. Is that not part of the hallucination? That's, <clears throat> this is part of real? I mean, I would think so. I don't know if anyone's noticed. Nobody's acted like they noticed. I... She definitely had that um, more ecstatic look like she was getting release again. Oh, it's so... And again, I don't know how many of you have cut. I only did it the two times, but um, you have to, my experience was that you have to use a lot more pressure than I thought. So when you see these visual images of cutting, 
it looks very like slash and then you're bleeding. But like when you're actually overcoming your physical uh, drive to protect your body and, and damaging it, it is difficult. And unless a knife is obscenely sharp, if you're trying to use something, um, you know, that isn't a super sharp like a restaurant sword. Yeah, knife. like you actually have to push really hard to break the barrier of your skin. I know this is kind of a graphic conversation, but I think it's important. It takes a lot of strength to, to overcome. So she's holding her arm. She seemed to be pinching the wounds. She was looking down, perhaps at her purse. Not sure what the significance of that was. She hasn't participated in the conversation in a while. Seems very fixated on the meat. Somebody's eating a rare steak. They're shredding chicken off the bone. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty... I don't want to say hackneyed or overused, but like a pretty common trope to... um, identify disassociation or anxiety or frustration in like social settings and dining settings. You know, I'm thinking of um, Return of the King. There was that scene where um, Faramir and Boromir's dad was eating the food while Faramir, and it was real graphic. Um, In my so-called life, Angela Chase's character had a monologue about how disgusting eating is and she can't believe anyone actually does it in public. The movie or the show? I haven't really watched much of either. Um, There's not a movie. It's just a show. There wasn't a movie? There was not a movie. What was the movie? What movie? What was the movie? You heard it here. Anybody have any ideas? Call Uh, in or email psychosemanticpress at gmail with your answers. Yeah, show, yeah, show at psychosemanticpress.com uh, or hate mail at hate mail at psychosemanticpress.com. These are not real emails. They people. are. They, you made those? Yes. I'm pretty impressed with you. Okay, so so she started pulling in her panty, pantyhose? Was she yes. wearing pantyhose? She was wearing pantyhose. Okay, she left the table. We're not sure where she is. Oh, oh, there it is. Is she biting? Oh, she is. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, and she's got pretty sharp looking teeth. <laughs> so she apparently snuck down into the wine cellar of the restaurant and started chewing on the cuts she made in her arm. And she's hiding from a waitress? Mm-hmm. Who wait- sees the drops of blood? Oh, and she touched it! I mean... Who sticks their... Who says? What is this weird drop of liquid and sticks their fingers in it? Although now she's well, noticed the knife. Yeah, I mean, if she saw the knife first. She's but otherwise, scared. she's like, oh, did the wine spill? I guess. Would you stick your finger in it, though? Like, that still wouldn't be my go-to. No, I'd probably scuff it with my shoe. Right? So she's going back up. She's put her jacket on to cover the wounds. But she definitely doesn't look right. 
just feel like this so well conveys the pressure, just that sense of pressure to conform and fit in and do. I don't know. I just, something about the techniques that she chose. Oh, she's, <laughs> she's back in a hotel. Oh, she is. That's a big bite. Oh, oh. That, wow. So she this, is chewing on her arm with the knife. Oh, it is extra disgusting, but it's also like, again, a, a grotesque um, caricature of eroticism. So like she's. I don't know if you ever pretended to like make out with someone by putting your hands in between their mouths or like practice kissing on your arm. Those might be more like girly things, but she's moving her head and mouth like she's doing something like that, but she's chewing flesh and she's actually removing pieces and eating them. And it, I mean, there is more avarice in this scene than... I don't know if that was on purpose, but, you know, early on when she was making out with a boyfriend type guy, it looked a little forced. Vincent? Vincent? This looks like what she wants to be doing. Yeah, like she's clearly getting down with herself. And again, like, I mean, part of it's just her... She's rubbing her hair. Yeah, part of it's just like her skinniness and her flexibility, but like the way she contorts her body in these scenes. Yeah, she's rubbing her own hair. You know, her legs are spread and bent. She's rubbing on herself. I mean, it's clearly um, an erotic experience for her. And a sense of buildup, right? So the original injury was an accident. The second on her leg. Yeah, the second injury, she committed herself, and now she's moving to like removing these pieces of flesh. And I mean, actually, like even though you can tell it's painful, she's smiling. And I don't know how many of you. I'm I'm scared to kind of go into this because I don't I don't want to pathologize BDSM. I don't think there's anything wrong with BDSM. I, I think as consensual adults, it's fine. The only reason I bring it to play in this conversation is I'm not in any way equating being into BDSM with eating yourself. <laughs> but I the ex, being able, again, that pain-pleasure continuum and the, the sense of stimulation and release that cycle in the body and how it can be mimicked or repeated or sought and connected both between the pain and pleasure and that for me and I know possibly for other people who've enjoyed um BDSM or had issues with cutting uh again not equating those things right those are different pieces on the continuum but if if you're a person who's experienced this um it's complex it's not this hurts and that's bad and this feels good and that's good. It's not that simple for a lot of us. So she's pulled her leg up. She's cut her pants. 
She's cut herself. She's dripping blood on her face and rubbing it in. She looks a little sad. But she's slurping and licking the wound. She's sucking her own blood, chewing on herself. You guys, I'm so glad I picked something up for a stare now. This is great. It's so hard to do. She's Frenching her gaping leg wound. Have you seen Crash? Not the new one. The old one. The Cronenberg. I think it's Cronenberg about the people who got in the car wrecks. Yeah. Why are you just saying yeah like that? I mean, isn't this kind of in the same vein? Yeah, but I... (laughs) I've I've seen that a couple times. This is the first time. Yeah, I you know, mean, I saved it. This is a lot bloodier than this feels a more realistic room. too. Yeah, so she's got a little pile of skin chunks that she's cut, and she's fondling and eating. Oh, it's so gross. I forgot how gross it is. Artistic slow pan of her from the ceiling fixture and then showing her face she's got that kind of calm glazed post-coital look about her but it could so i'm not trying to employ too much bathos here but um or pathos edit me making that mistake but she Do you want uh, to start over and say <laughs> The pathos. Because I'm I can not just trying cut that to all out. exhibit too much pathos here, but I mean, there is a fine line where she could also be feeling sad, right? So, in my experience, when you have those feelings of compulsion and release, when you have those feelings of disassociation, um, there still can be a kind of grief that comes with it because some part of you knows it's not right. For me, it's my temper. So if I have like a rage outburst and then I, I do feel a sense of, I mean, it's not sexual, but I feel a sense of physical release after I've lost, like lost my temper. But it's still, um, but then I also feel bad, right? Because I know that's not healthy. Oh, there goes the car. Yeah. Why? I don't know. She's rubbing something on her legs and arms. I don't feel like she's injured enough to have to fake a car accident of this magnitude. Uh, you think that's what it is? I don't know. I mean... Good call, Darren. It's like, there's the car. It's in the ditch. That's why I'm all... Injured and shit. Got it. Yeah, I think you're right. He's probably not going to believe it. I don't know. I don't remember. She's giving an excuse. Sounds pretty reasonable to me. Again, I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling super sensitive to him right now, but his touch seems tender. It's hard to read her face right now, in my opinion. Guy's coming in to check on her. Doesn't, again, doesn't seem particularly controlling or anything. He just said is something wrong. Now he's snuggling on her. She seems happy about that. 
We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. Ah, ah, ah. It's a dead issue, man. Don't, don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable! At twelve years old, you should not be watching this. Movie. Obviously, at thirteen, you should not be. Fourteen, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even seventeen-year-olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything Dude, that kept little history doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at twelve years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How be did a rough you watch movie. this shit at twelve? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. Most effective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this Earth? Destroy it utterly. Send Rick and Danny in wool rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the Visua screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud 2? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? Oh, I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Hell-Ming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming. For now. You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Hell-Ming. Breaking two? Electric Boogaloo? Samurai Cop? Army of Darkness? Flash Dance? <laughs> <laughs> we might destroy the planet if it's Flash Dance. We now return to your regular programming. Okay, her coworker is agreeing that the dinner didn't go well. Giving her a little dressing down. I was embarrassed. I'm not happy, but it's showing a sign of her immaturity, which is kind of going to her experience. But you're doing good work, and it's okay. 
but don't do it again or it could be a problem for your job. That could have been worse. I mean, it was bad, but... Friend walked by her. She tried to smile. Smile was not returned. Was that a piece of her skin and some wax paper? It is! <laughs> 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 a couple pieces. Oh, they look so much bigger dried out. I thought things were supposed to shrink when you dried them out. Maybe there were bigger pieces when she ripped them off. Oh, oh she looks so like she's having the compulsion. I mean, she's at the fucking ATM and she is opening some skin. Is she putting chapstick on it? Um, that seems really <laughs> it seems ironic to say this but like it seems really weird. <laughs> she looks like she's freaking out. These whole, like, a uh, benign adult conversations seem so much more, like, relevant to me at the stage of my life than they did when I was, you know, in my early 20s and staying at my boyfriend's little crappy apartment on campus. You know, I'm like, yeah, load-bearing walls. That's a big fucking deal because somebody cut a hole in one in our house before we bought it and it caused us problems. He looks upset. I mean, we don't know why, though. Okay, gender stereotypes. Uh, okay, so she, when she got upset at the ATM, he's thinking it's about him and internalizing it. And if it's not about him, he feels hurt. He's worried. Okay, so that makes sense. He's worried that he can't help her. So he's like, either you're not happy with me or you're unhappy about something else and you're not telling me about it. I mean, that's kind of self-centered, but I can... I know that's how I respond when you're upset. I'm like, it's clearly about me, and if it's not about me, what is going on? Oh, my God. I mean, I... And he's saying, hey, let's just go to bed and try again tomorrow. I mean, that's pretty reasonable. Particularly when you're a long-term relationship. I don't know. What do you think, Darren? I mean, you don't want to let too many things sit. But sometimes it's just like, let's just fucking give it a rest. And see if we're still pissed off about it in the morning. Yeah, I mean, they they seem to have found a good good spot. It's it's. I think it's been scientifically proven that it's generally unhealthy to go to bed angry. So if you're not angry, then go for it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like in my last serious relationship, it was like we just hashed out and obsessed about every single thing. And that was me. I mean, it was a lot me. I was the one who wanted to do that. But being a little older... You don't want to just ignore th problems, but 
sometimes it's good to give yourself some time to cool off and see if you're really that upset about it. So she just left Vincent? Or was that the other girl's boyfriend? I think it's Vincent. I think so. Oh, she took a lot of... How many bags does she have? Why is she carrying so many purses? She's carrying a lot of purses. It looks suspicious. At, at least two, maybe three. <laughs> Any number more than one when you're talking about purses is suspicious. She's definitely having another anxiety attack. She's rubbing her head like it hurts. The fluorescent lights are bothering her. Things look fuzzy. All the people, jump cuts. I just really feel like if somebody was like, what's it like to have panic attacks? I feel like I could be like, watch Po and you will have an idea. Like, I, I just think the cinematic techniques used to, you know, things are speeding up. They were slowing down and they're speeding up. She bumped a wall. She's having trouble focusing her eyes. I mean, these are all symptoms I've experienced personally. What do you think? Do you feel like these techniques are giving you a sensation of something? You don't have panic attacks anymore. No, it's... Uh, I mean, it is a little discombobulating. I'm not sure which is, she's, so she, uh, so she just bought a knife and a bunch of fruit and some stripy pants. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where she went, but they went back to the, the split screen. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Shoes coming off. Pants, pants. coming off. Shirt? Scarf? Know. Yeah, I don't... Showing the knife. A lot of knives. Yeah. No. Oh. She's drawing on herself with a magic marker. She's got some knives. She's got some plastic bags. Oh, blood. Tins of food, blood. Is that like tuna? Oh, it's like one of the Cat most food. gross things. A f- a f- uh, <laughs> cameras, flashlight. Uh, you just went black. So I'm curious, like, could one wound make you lose it like this? Or, like, is the wound, did the wound trigger this, like, chain reaction of, response to what she was already feeling in her life. I mean... Uh, she can bleed into the soda can? Oh, God. There's so much blood, listeners. She's wearing tights. <laughs> ah! That is a slimy knife. Exacto knife and kitchen knife and wooden grainy floors and bed knobs and broomsticks. (laughs) I just They're sinking up a little closer than they did at the beginning. And then it's black again. I just feel like the stresses she's experiencing are so comparable with those of so many women. 
And, like, this reaction is extreme. Mm-hmm. But, like, the stimuli leading up to the reaction isn't that extreme. What do you mean? Like, stress at work. Being uncertain about the your relationship. Getting along with your friends. Like... She's not being, you know, to our knowledge, she hasn't been raped. She hasn't been molested. You know, she wasn't violently attacked or robbed when she got her. So she's taking pictures of herself. So it's really highlighting the eroticism of this action for her. Do you think or do you think there's another reasoning for it? I can't think of another reasoning. And she's focusing back on the original wound? Maybe. So it's like she's trying to be erotic right now, but I feel like these are almost fearful or creepy. Like, I don't... Maybe it's just what she's experienced between now and then, but I'm not feeling the eroticism like I felt it in the first couple of scenes. It's like she's play-acting at being erotic. Again, her flexibility is coming into play. Some shots just on her face where it's clear she must be doing something to herself. First tear. Yeah, crying. She looks sad. Kiss the blade. Rubbing it on her face. Wiping the tear away. I think she's going to cut her face if she's going to cut anything. She's sort of caressing herself with the blade. Yeah, and again, if you've ever had any experience with cutting or like compulsion to cut, I mean, I definitely, I've never tried to kill myself, but I definitely spent an inordinate amount of time snuggling with knives When I was considering trying to kill myself. She opened up her head. Ooh, heads bleed a lot. I think another thing I liked, I mean, obviously this is horrific, like the challenge I talked about earlier, but I also liked that, like, this played with feelings of, oh, that's a big (sighs) piece of flesh. Played with feelings of eroticism without, I mean... There were definitely some shots where she wasn't dressed, but, like, there hasn't been a focus on breasts or vagina or even her mouth. I mean, yeah, she's eaten the food or or eaten herself or whatever, but, like, experience of flesh as its own organ, of the skin itself as its own organ, of uh, the female experience of the body... That's separated from those things. She's asking for a drug or a chemical at a pharmacy and they won't give it to her. Formalin, I'm guessing it's like formaldehyde. Okay. Because she said she wants to preserve a piece of skin. What do you think about the uh, drive to preserve or save the pieces. What do you think that's about? Uh, 
struggling to preserve herself as a whole, or um, I don't know if if it is you know an obsession with seeing part of herself detached, like her arm fantasy at the restaurant or whatever. The more preserved the pieces that she removes are, the less she might have to do it. Ugh. Looks like a piece of turkey. <laughs> it does. So she's tanned the piece of herself. And she's also developed a lot of pictures that she took of her wounds. Sometimes I wonder about the language, but it's also a translation, but you know, she's like a mass of things. Usually, oh. usually you have a mass removed. Ooh, yeah. Is she eating herself or food? Oh, food. It looks like food. Unless she fooded herself. It's, oh. it's very tan, but it looks more like uh, tofu. Speaking than... of, not to get off subject, but I saw you have dumplings in the queue. That's a good one. Oh, I, yeah, I've have never you seen, seen that. Oh, no. <gasps> maybe we should do that for our next one. Okay. <laughs> At least I don't think I've seen it. I've oh, never, so I've good. never seen it sober. Well, it was part of three. No, the skin in the in the thing. It's part of like three stories or something like that. But then they broke it out into its own movie, which I may yeah. not have seen. She looks rough. Yeah. I mean, she's just covered in blood. Her skin's covered in... Like, her clothes are covered in blood. Yeah, I mean, I guess that shirt might not bleed through, but, uh... So... <laughs> the flesh patch looks uh, a little smaller than it did when she went to bed. Well, that's what happens when it dries, right? Yeah, yeah I guess it's, it's drying. She's, oh, it looks like a fruit roll-up. She's shaking... Is it going to break? Is she going to eat it? Is she going to rub it on herself? Like a puzzle piece? Or... Is she trying to figure out how that was her? Or how to store it? In the bra, like a dollar bill or something. Every time she kisses a part of herself, I wait for her to bite. And again, I feel like some part of her knows something's wrong, right? It would seem so, but, you know, not wrong enough that she's ever talked about therapy at all in this movie. I, I mean, I don't know if that's just whatever, but I mean, this, is, this isn't an old movie where everybody just sucked it up and dealt with their no, self-compulsion to eat 2004, themselves. 2004, 2005. The DVD is 2002. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been out for a minute, but it's not an old movie. Yeah. So, she left the room, but now it's looking like her on the bed again. So, it's like, did she go out and come back? Did she not make it out? Is it the same room? It looked like the same room to me. So, she made the bed. At least. Oh, good point. But I'm assuming it's still the same day. 
her wounds don't look any better and they don't look any worse. I don't... I don't know if you've ever had the physical experience of being trapped in your body or it's like this paradox of your body being this tiny prison and your body being this huge expanse like I don't know maybe like a black hole that can like swallow a galaxy but like condense it down to a single point and I don't know if men feel like that too or if it's a uniquely female experience but it's definitely a sensation that I've had and it's difficult to deal with I don't know if that's making any sense yeah do you feel like it's a feeling that eats you up inside (laughs) but um No, I mean, I couldn't think of a more tactful or tactless way to ask that question. But, you know, as it as the movie ends with her laying in the sort of discombobulated, spinning, fast cuts, panic attack looking shots, but she's sedated and or... Um, passive you know when she's been so active and aggressive towards herself in throughout the film and then uh, uh, did she give up or yeah I mean keeping with the black hole metaphor I don't know thinking about gravitational lensing and and just the effects of pressure I guess and how that gets displayed or viewed what do you think about the ending? We know literally nothing about what happens. We don't know if she eats herself to death. We don't know if she gets together. We don't know if anyone's looking for her. We don't know if her and her boyfriend stay together. We don't know if she gets fired. We know nothing. I I kind of like the ambiguity of the ending just because sometimes, I, I know this isn't an American film, But, I mean, sometimes as an American viewer, I feel like I'm not as dumb as you think I am as a viewer. I mean, I might not get something, but, you know, I don't need everything to be great at the end. You know, especially if it makes sense for the story. Right. You know, I don't need, I, I don't need all the flashbacks. I don't need, you know. Yeah. I don't need to be reminded that. Oh, yeah, I remember at the beginning when this was all an accident or, you know. So Darren's getting this speech, but he got it. He ripped it off from me. Because this is something that I complain about all the time. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, no, For I mean, seven it is. years and you're acting like I never said that? It is, you but I'm, these... not act, I'm not acting like I've never had that feeling before. Have I ever said, I can't believe that you don't feel like that. I need that. I just think you were trying to write off my idea. Or sell my idea as yours. And I just wanted to make sure to clear that up for the listeners. Every single idea I've ever had, I've stolen from somebody else. I just hope you know that. Stop. Now he's just being (laughs) ridiculous. No, I mean... um, I'm not saying you can't agree with me. I like it when you agree with me. 
I just was putting that out there for the, no, the people. That's fine. So what do you think? Did you like it? I did. Uh, I feel like when I imagined the movie, I pictured more of it being like audition. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I can't but, believe people thought that was scary. But eating herself. You know, I just kind of pictured, I don't know. I feel like if I if it reminds me of any other movie, I would say it reminds me of opera. Ooh. Right? Yes. Uh, that's a movie that you you didn't make me watch, but you really kind of turned me on to Argento. Yeah, because um, he's awesome. And that really came to me from Drew. But I had seen Suspiria on the TV when I was a kid and when he helped me figure out what that was. And I was like, oh, I've seen this. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, on the surface, those two movies are definitely like super different. But it is also a film about female performance. But it's about an attack on female performance from the outside as opposed to an attack on female performance from the inside. And it's actual artistic performance instead of just like social performance. Mm -hmm. But when I think about the graphic, maybe it's just the eyes. Maybe it's just making me think about that scene where the killer puts her eyes open with the pins. But like when I think about the visceral reaction and the gore and the intimacy of it that's probably the movie it reminds me most of versus audition audition was so stupid there was so much build-up sorry to like digress and go on a tangent here but people have been telling us audition was so scary and gross for so long and we watched it in our old apartment have we been drinking have we been smoking weed well regardless Um allegedly <laughs> allegedly we may or may not have <laughs> confirmed or denied uh, con- uh, consuming cannabis but long through- story short we waited through that whole long setup for a finale I mean I certainly wouldn't have wanted that to happen to me but it did not seem that dramatic disgusting or shocking and it seemed kind of silly all right, anything else you want to talk about before we put this baby to bed? Um, well, one of the things, especially if it's a movie brought to me and it's not one that's of my own devising, um, just go back through what made you think to talk about this. Well, it's a pretty shitty time to be an American lady. I mean, one could argue it's a shitty time to be a lady anywhere, but it's a particularly shitty time to be an American lady. I mean, a, a, a rapist and misogynist is about to be the commander-in-chief of our country. He selected us as vice president, someone who's made um, his career focused on denying women's rights. And in a time that's like, politically and legally so oppressive of women it got me thinking back about the beginning of third wave feminism and identity politics and this idea that we're 
co-opted and sold out by these pressures to be beautiful and be successful and to have friends and to have lovers and that our bodies are both the tools by which like our bodies are no longer our own and they're just tools right just like any other tools just like that pile of tools in her trunk or just like the the tools she tripped over on the roof when she got her first wound or the knives at the table like our whole physical living breathing bleed you know beating body is just the sanitized anesthetized like sanitary tool for what and I feel like Maria's experience the character of Esther in this is like just this sense of being subsumed by like what so she she got the job she's got the guy they're buying a house it's it's everything she thought she wanted but it's it's been divorced or robbed of any real meaning. Like she's lost her ability to engage with it. And that just seems so relevant to me right now because if we have any hope of preserving or protecting or fighting for women's rights in America and in the world, like we can't be undercut by this kind of fucking bullshit. It's great to be successful at your job. It's great to be beautiful. It's great to be thin if that's healthy for you. It's great to have friends. It's great to have extreme sexual appetites, again, if it's healthy and consensual. I don't mean it as a knock on being a success, but but there has to be an ability to maintain presence Maybe I'm projecting, like, my own personal experiences, but I feel like Esther's character was trying to, like, feel something, right? Like, she was trying to regain ownership of her body and to, like, feel something, feel anything. And this sense of, like, desperation overcoming her, like, she had possibly suppressed her own appetites for so long that, like... When they came out, they came out in this way that was really um, pathological or dangerous. And um, I, th- I think every woman is going to have to do her own internal inventory of who she is and who she wants to be and how she feels and how she wants to pursue that. I mean, a lot of women voted for Trump. I don't know why or how. I have some ideas as I've pondered it over the last two months. Even if you support Trump, even if you support Mike Pence and these, like, conservative policies, like, you need to be fucking present. And you need to be able to, like, physically own and be in your body and claim that shit. Like, if you're just putting up with it... Because of this or that, what you think you're supposed to support or what you think you're supposed to want, like, gross. Does that answer your question? I think so. I mean, I asked you your opinion and you gave it, so it's not really... Well, I just wanted to make sure that I, like, really got at the topic at hand because the the actual answer is so... 
I don't I don't have a concrete conscious reason. It's just this intuitive. Came to you. Yeah. It was yeah. just an intuitive sensation. So emotionally something about this film and its content and its visual presentation appealed to me emotionally as a woman in 2017 uh, an American woman a professional woman um, you know married woman and uh, even though I've thankfully with a lot of therapy moved on from a lot of the like feelings and experiences that are depicted in this movie that doesn't mean I can't remember or I identify with like what that felt like and I mean even though I have never eaten myself, I feel like short of that, I, I really can identify with a lot of what's depicted in the movie. Like a different kind of self-destruction? Or even just not going to that extreme, but like feelings of disassociation, um, feelings of not having control, you know, feelings of desire that are conflicting, um... You know, I can identify with all that. Feelings of compulsion. And I can identify with that. Yeah, I mean... I am far from knowing what it's like at all to be a woman in any sort of fashion. Did this appeal to you or in any kind of way as the partner of someone who's been self-destructive before? Like, did you have sympathy for her boyfriend or... Did that tap into anything to you personally, or was it just a movie and didn't really touch on any of that for you? I've, I, I felt, I would say I felt sympathy for her partner in that I think he did, uh, the name of the actor's escaping me, but, um, I think he did an okay enough job depicting the, I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm just going to be sort of reactive. And you see how being reactive works. You know, it's a mixed bag. You know, it's either... And, it, you know, it's it seems to, you know, not be formulaic in that sometimes it's fine, sometimes it's not. And it's, you know... When you don't know what's going on and you feel powerless to do something about it, I mean, you just kind of sort of fade into the background like he did. He wasn't present in the end of the film. The idea of him, I, I guess, was. But, you know, the further into the film you got, the less he was around and the less he mattered. It's not about him. But, I mean, I guess as a viewer of the film, you sort of take a spectator point of view as somebody that can't do anything to help somebody. Oh, that's really interesting perspective. That's true. Like, the filmmaker's forcing us to watch her hurt herself without any tools to stop it or to assist her. So, to a certain extent, she's putting us in the position of the friend or the boyfriend. Mm -hmm. 
um, even more so because we see what they don't see and we have even less ability to intervene. Would you equate those feelings of powerlessness with emasculation or is that too big of a leap? I, I think it might be too big of a leap, especially since the two point of views or points of view. Point of views, points of view. <laughs> points, would, the two points of view. I think I'm going to go with that. Um, you know, one is aggressive and one is passive. And the female is more aggressive. The female is more dismissive. The female is more hostile, which was a little, I've, have I already said juxtaposed? No. Uh, a little juxtaposed from what you would expect because men are supposed to be more aggressive and more blah, 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 blah. And, you know, the, the lady friend seemed to take more personal offense at her friend's self-destruction than her sex partner handsome man or whatever (laughs) can i call you my sex partner handsome man sure if you want to be a liar Um, about the handsome part oh stop so when you talk about um passive aggressive and that interplay you know it got me thinking about the split screens and like is this a do you feel like this film's a depiction of binaries and their the conflict of binaries or is it a challenge to the concept of binaries by breaking them down and showing more of a continuum of experience my gut instinct is to say it's more of a challenge especially because i mean the director put herself in the starring role not necessarily you know, out of necessity, but uh, as more of a way to, I don't want to say to be, I, I mean, I, a director is controlling, but you know. Do you think to break down like the fourth wall almost, or? I think a little bit of that and a little bit more of lending credence. It's not some director being like, hey, you do this thing. Oh. It's more personal that way, you know, it's more of, yeah. you know, she she nobody is telling her to tell this story other than herself ah that's a really interesting viewpoint and it limits the so one of the criticisms as you well know that i have of some films is the um that it seems like the director's getting off on hurting people or hurting women and making you watch it Mm -hmm. and i don't like that feeling but you just pointed out like she isn't hurting anybody except herself. She's depicting herself getting hurt, which makes it more intimate. And also I don't want to knock other, I mean, obviously movies are theatrical and full of acting, but in this case, almost making it more legitimate because someone can't come in and be like, ah, this man made this movie and says all these things about women or this woman made this movie, but she's just, a, you know, fucking internalized misogynist who's, you know, acting out her frustrations on other women. Um, that's a, that's a really good point. I, I like that you noticed that and pointed that out to me. She's telling the story and I, I, you know, from my limited uh, exposure to, you know, Italian 
French, more European films is I feel like they are a little bit more artistic in that classical sense of, you know, self-expression rather than this is what I'm trying to get out of you. It's this is what I'm getting out of me. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I mean, I'm certainly no expert, but I definitely feel that American cinema has a, as you were alluding to earlier, has a very strong focus on narrative structure, beginning, middle, end, heroes and demons, um, happily ever after, you know, um, clear archetypes and, and, and my, also my limited experience with European cinema is definitely usually not that clear cut. I mean, even when a, even when a European movie is paying homage to an American style, like the spaghetti Westerns, they still can't seem to manage to get out of the European. I mean, you know, I'm just thinking about a big one. You just think about Django, like, which manages to be so introspective and like artistic at the time that it's trying to just be like a good old shoot 'em up American Western. Mm-hmm. It's like they couldn't manage it. Um, and that's something I like. And, uh, I don't know, I just, again, not to get off on a tangent, but, you know, when women direct these types of films, I get especially excited. It's one of the, um, I mean, I love American Psycho anyway, but the fact that American Psycho was made by two women is just, like, makes it even better. Um, Because it's an opportunity for us to express ourselves in a way that's not, culturally accepted i mean even now and maybe some of the listeners will challenge me on this and i welcome that but hate mail at psychosemanticpress.com all right uh attention vice abbas uh hate mail at psychosemanticpress.com but like you know uh, we talked about how in a lot of ways horror is still a boys club and that it can be difficult for women to be respected when sharing opinions um, you know, we're either demonized as being too politically correct and just not getting it and not being open to the art, or we're, you know, considered arm candy or only interested because of God, you know, like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would just be like, oh, Sherry Moon Zombie is just some, you know, piece of ass that does whatever because of Rob Zombie, which would be total bullshit. Like, regardless of what you think about her acting ability or her performance, and he does direct her, but, like, I don't know her personally, obviously, but she seems to have a genuine interest in horror and, like, a genuine interest in acting and a genuine interest in you know, challenging traditional roles of women, even though she's, like, a beautiful blonde bombshell. Like, regardless of my specific opinion on Rob Zombie's films or her specific performances in films, like, I would never seek to reduce her by being like, oh, she just fucks Rob Zombie and he puts her in all her film, all his films because she's pretty. Like, that's bullshit. I would never say that. And if somebody did, I would challenge them on it. So, um... Yeah, I mean, I just think that uh, in my experience talking to other women that like horror, it it can be challenging to, you know, get respect and credibility from men, whether you're trying to create work in the genre or even just trying to talk about it or critique it. Because, like, God forbid you say something about misogyny and horror because then you're just some, like, stupid, angry 
feminist who doesn't appreciate art, which is just bullshit. I'm not saying art can't be misogynist, and I'm not saying I don't like misogynist art, but I think it's possible to have an intelligent feminist critique of a horror film without just being a stick in the mud who doesn't get it or doesn't like horror. That's just me, though. That, I, thanks. That's what I'm trying to do here is get different perspectives. I thought you, what you were trying to do here is not have to get a job like a regular jack-off. Not, well, <laughs> I don't want to get a job like a regular jack-off. I like being a creative person. Uh, you know. I'm just teasing you. I know you're trying to get a variety of perspectives, and that's one of the things I love about you. But it, it, it's nice that I get to decide if I wear shorts or, you know, I get to have a mohawk or I get to buy French horror self-eating <laughs> DVDs and write them off on my taxes. That's, you know, that's that's America. America. And, you know, I'm more responsible and mature than our hate pumpkin in chief that's coming along. And, but seriously, I, yeah, I... I hope that we have more conversations like this. Anytime. This is super fun. I love doing it. And hey, people of the internet, like, please give your feedback. But if you like it, I'll talk to you some more about what I think. Because I got a lot of thoughts about a lot of things. Darren can tell you. Yeah. Yeah. She she made me do this. Oh, my God. No, no. He asked me. I asked. I requested, I begged. He did not request to read something in subtitles. That was actually before we sat down, he said, wait, this is in French, question mark. And I said, yes, but he didn't fall asleep. I was super impressed. I I had two cups of coffee today. (laughs) And, you know, as I put a lot of effort and thought into not, having to do anything <laughs> you heard it here folks and but, mostly what that involves i'll just tell you right now is taking care of my baby while i go to yoga and washing my clothes and feeding me full of food and i can that's so, what it takes yeah and i'm putting good. buttons on my clothes and i'm a good cook you are a good cook um but is there any are the blah, blah, blah. Are there any parting words you would like to toss to anybody? Any just just that extreme of um, I, I liked how this film took something metaphorical to a literal conclusion. She's just like the self destructive woman who's just you know feeding off whatever and just like making it a woman who's actually physically eating herself and like. Eating herself up and yeah. inside and outside. Yeah, and it's so disgusting. And, like, it's really just a visual metaphor for something that women are doing to themselves all the time. And I'm definitely guilty of that. Um, and it's something that, you know, I work on. Um, so I, I just think it also, I feel like this film is unique. You know, I mean, it has some tropes or whatever. But, like, we talked about the connection to opera or, you know, talked about audition. But I do not 
there's so many horror or suspense films that come out that are just fucking hackneyed and derivative. And I just don't feel that this film is that way. I mean, it uses some um, visual techniques that I feel like are comparable with, uh, you know, other pillars of French cinema. I'm certainly no expert, but I feel like, you know, Slady's probably a fan of, you know, Godard and, and great. But, like, taking it to this totally different modern place. And I just, you know, it's so unique and to to have a female voice telling a graphic disturbing story and telling it in a way that's unique um it was just really powerful it had a big impact on me and you know 2004 or 5 whenever I watched it and I'm you know glad to see that 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 impact still sits with me today and um if you are interested in getting involved in in women's issues there's a lot of ways to do that. There's a very active um, fat positive movement. Um, we can link to some cool blogs and you can just share that work and be a person that's part of breaking down physical stereotypes. Um, you can uh, be someone who promotes female success um and respect in the workplace we can probably turn up some resources on that and you can be someone who respects fucking women's uh, autonomy as human fucking beings and if you have trouble with how to do that i encourage you to send all your disposable income to planned parenthood uh if you're in the states and it, for those of you in the in the uk or um elsewhere in the united states i'm sure we could help you find great organizations in your area that are fighting for um, female equality and autonomy so if you're struggling with that in any kind of way just let us know and we'll we'll set you on the right track thanks for having me editor darren (laughs) thanks for coming along and thanks for this idea this is definitely a unique movie this is definitely a unique movie that i don't know if i would have just thrown it on there you know I, I haven't really heard anybody ever talk about it before I would I would recommend it you know it's not one of those movies that I would watch a lot of times but I would watch this again uh, everybody out there this is a little different than the last episode we did send us your feedback send Darren your feedback yeah I don't do anything real taking um, care of me is real I'm a real person. You are a real person. Um, But yeah, I have a decent amount of spare time. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Send me your love letters and your hate mail. I will read them all. Uh, Thanks for joining us in our watching and discussion of In My Skin or... Dom Mapo. A film... By and starring Marina Devon. Or Devan. Devon. Devon. Bye.